Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you have your Bibles today, I hope you do, John chapter 10. You can turn there right now. John chapter 10 is where I'm going to be teaching from this morning. In fact, I've been using John 10 quite a bit over the course of the last couple of weeks. And the reason for that is because we've been taking some time to look at not the black letters, but the red letters. How many know what the red letters are? Those are are the words of Jesus, right? And specifically within the red letters, we've been looking at the I am statements that Jesus makes about himself. And so we've been on this study the last several weeks, and it's, it's just been phenomenal. I've been getting so much, so much great response of, of Pastor, I, I just, I never understood that part. And so that's what this is all about. So maybe you'll be here today, and you're going to be enlightened. Maybe today you're going to, I've never heard that before. Maybe you're here today, and you're going to say, oh, I've heard that before. This is just a great just reminder of, of who Jesus is. And so I'm just so excited about that today. Today, I, I want to look at this statement in John chapter 10 where he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. In theology, there's terms called anthropomorphic terms. Now, don't, you don't have to say that back to me. That's a mouthful. Anthropomorphic terms, which are symbolic in nature that really stir up images to help us understand an idea that we may otherwise miss. Let me give you a couple examples here. Um, The hand of God was on Elijah. Now, that's not like a physical monster-sized hand on top of Elijah's head. That simply means that God was covering Elijah with protection, with promotion, He was setting him up for something great. And so it's not like, oh, it's like God's hand, his divine providence was on Elijah. Here's another one. The Lord covers me with his feathers. It doesn't mean God's big bird from Sesame Street. All right. When you read that anthropomorphic term in the scriptures, he covers me with his feathers, the picture that really should conjure up in our mind is one like a a mother hen who covers her baby chicks in a rainstorm and keeps them warm in the same way. That's the way the Holy Spirit, that's the way the, the God of the universe wants to protect you, his children. They're, they're, they're anthropomorphic terms that, 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 that bring things to light that maybe otherwise we would miss in the process. And really, this is the style of teaching Jesus is using here in John chapter 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, Jesus isn't an actual shepherd with a staff with real sheep. I know you've seen those pictures before, but it's a metaphor. So if Jesus is the good shepherd in this metaphor, you and I got to be the sheep. And here's the thing. Some of you in this room know that I grew up in Pierce County. 
And others of you should know that I grew up in the city part of Pierce County, like Hilltop, right? Like North End, right? I mean, like, you, you, can, you can cruise down MLK. You will not see a sheep up on the hilltop. So I got to tell you, I don't have much context when it comes to sheep, except for one time a year when I would go to the Puyallup Fair. <laughs> so I know Pierce County is all diverse. That's why I love this place. And there's some of you in this room that you know everything there is to know about sheep. I don't. My wife, on the other hand, grew up in the dirty, dirty South, Georgia. Any, any Southerners in here today? That's not, yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Not just anywhere in Georgia. She's a little small town. And, and like, like she had sheep like in her backyard. And she was a part of something I don't have, know anything about called 4-H, you know, and she, she even like, like raise, think about this, like she would raise sheep, take them in the house, put a bottle of milk in their mouth, the whole thing. Like she, she knows all kinds of things about sheep. Me, I'm nothing. I know a couple things about sheep though. You want to hear what I know about sheep? In my deep research of sheep, <laughs> here's a couple things. Number one, sheep have poor vision. Now, their peripheral is pretty solid, but they have, they have poor depth perception. It's hard for them to see like what's right in front of them. Poor vision, great hearing, really good hearing. So there's that. Uh, I got to say it, sheep are just kind of dumb. They're, they're, they're just, they're, just, they're, they're, they're kind of dumb, you know. In fact, sheep will eat all the grass around them, and when the grass runs out, they will eat their other sheep brothers and sisters' excrements and die. Did you know that? I mean, they're just, they're just dumb, right? That's all I know about sheep. And here's the thing. This passage, though, isn't focused on the sheep's dumbness, but rather the shepherd's love. And that's what I love about this. Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, isn't calling out the sheep. He's not calling out how dumb JF is from time to time. He's using the sheep to promote his love for them, meaning for you. That's what I want to talk about today, the shepherd's love. In fact, I, I want to give you three things that a good shepherd does for his sheep. Those of you that re raise sheep in here, you're going to be able to relate to me in, this, in these three areas, all right? Here's the first thing. Write this down. This, this is three things that a good shepherd does for his sheep, and that is, number one, the good shepherd purchases his sheep. Oh, the good shepherd purchases his sheep. Let's go to the text here. And then we'll unpack this thought a little bit. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. Here's what the scripture says. Here's Jesus. He's talking metaphorically here. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, how many know there's a wolf out there? When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a 
hired hand. Say hired hand. He's a hired hand and cares nothing. Say nothing. He, the hired hand cares nothing for the sheep. How many of you know there's a huge difference between owning and not owning? <laughs> Big difference. Have you ever rented a car before? My wife and I, we own a 2006 Subaru Tribeca with 139,000 miles on it, powder blue. And I love that car. I take really good care of that. They don't even make, they don't even make this car anymore. That's, it's, it's a collector's item. And it's nice, man. Looks like something a, a, you know, a, a senior a, a, you know, citizen woman would drive. But I, but I drive that thing every single day. You know, Love it. Powder blue. And man... I had a buddy get in that car one time, and, and uh, he had like, uh, he had like um, the, stuff, uh, the stuff that falls off the tree, the, you know, the needles on his, and it got, I said, hey, watch it, what, what are you doing, man? What are you, and this isn't even a nice car, and I slapped him across the face. <laughs> I didn't do that. I love, the, I love that car, man. But did you know about 15 years ago, when my brother was getting married, he was married getting married to a girl from Shreveport, Louisiana. We got a thing for Southern Bells. And he was marrying this girl in Louisiana. And to get to, to that city, you have to fly into Dallas and then drive like two hours to Shreveport. And so I said, hey, bro, let's get to Dallas and I'm gonna treat you. I'm, I'm gonna rent a sick whip and we're gonna, we're gonna cruise over that. So we get to Dallas and I kid you not, I spent every dollar that I had and I, and I rented a brand new Audi A8 with a V8 in it, man. Right? I mean, I looked at the speedometer. There was like nine miles on it. It had that smell. The plastic, I think, was still on the seats. You know, the guys, brand new car. Rip it off. Have it. And I, you know, the thing I love about C-Fan is that you can be real honest here, you know. And I got to say, I, I, got in, I got in that car and I... And I shot across East Texas in about 20 minutes, man. And the stuff that we did in that car, I pulled over into this vacant parking lot. I mean, I, I, we, we, we just destroyed that car. I mean, McDonald's wrappers just thrown in the back seat. Oh, it spilled. Oh, who cares? It's not ours, you know? And just destroyed that vehicle. We pulled, I pulled into to, to, to the Dallas airport. I, just, I was like, here's the keys and just kind of walked off, you know. I'm older now. I, I, I respect things a little bit better now. But how many of you know there's a difference between owning something and not owning something? Jesus here is saying, hey, guys, I'm the owner of my flock. I, I, I'm not the hired hand. I'm the owner here. And if there's even the slightest mishap, if anything goes wrong, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix the problem. I'll do whatever it takes. And when Jesus hung on that cross and died for our sins, in that moment we became his. He took ownership of our souls. And the essence of the gospel isn't what Jesus will do for you. It's what he's already done for you. That's what this is all about. All you got to do is just receive it and say, Lord, 
take ownership of me. And that's what he does. That is what the good shepherd does. I love where Romans 5, it says, while we were yet awesome, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we ever said sorry, he paid the price. I'm so, man, I can't even wrap my head around that. That's what he did. The good shepherd owns his sheep. He is not a hireling. You see, in Jesus' day, most shepherds owned their flocks. Or they were the son of the owner. It was very rare that you would ever hire anybody to watch your sheep. Because most of the time, that hireling, when things got bad or when the wolf showed up, they would, they would bail. They would run. And so in the cases where a hireling had to be hired due to whatever reason, the owner of the flock would require the hireling if disaster took place, if the bears and the wolves and the lions showed up and, 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 and attacked the flock, the hireling was required to take the ears of the sheep to the owner or a ripped off limb of the sheep and say, Sir, I did whatever, I did everything I could to protect the sheep, to prove that he didn't run off. You see, the good shepherd, though, tenaciously cares for his sheep because he is not a hireling, he's a son. He is a son. And he loves his sheep. You see, the good shepherd owns his sheep. And whenever you own something, you take that much better care of it. I want you to know today that the good shepherd purchases his sheep. He is the owner. He is not the hireling. And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate in this picture here. Here's the second one. The good shepherd pursues his sheep. Now this is very important. Because there's someone in this room today you, you, you are disconnected from God, and, and in your mind, you, your, your theology says that he, he's, he's moving away from you. And, and you, need, you need to know, it's quite the opposite. You can run as far as you want, but he will continue to pursue you. That, that's the difference between Jesus and, and, and some other faith. He is the shepherd who pursues his sheep. He purchases, but then he pursues. I love in Luke chapter 15, Jesus talks about a flock of 100 sheep. You know this part? Where one goes astray and how the good shepherd will leave the 99. Isn't that beautiful? To go after the one. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's the kind of God that he doesn't run in the other direction. He pursues his sheep. He's always coming for us. And I can relate to this because in my early 20s, if I'm being real honest with you, I, I went off to college, went to another state, and there was a, there was a season in my life where I just kind of did my own thing. I was raised in the church. Daddy was a preacher. Gra- grandpas were preached. The whole thing. And there was like this window where I was just like, I'm going to try, try. I'm just going to live for myself. 
And I disconnected myself from the local church and community and just kind of went down a, a path for a season that, that just wasn't God's best for me. Maybe you're in this room and you know what I'm talking about. That happened to me. But let me tell you this right now. Even in my darkest moment, he was right there. Even in the moment where I felt so convicted and so lost in a dark funk, Jesus was right there. He had always been pursuing me today. Maybe you're here today and you can relate to that exact thing. You walked with Jesus for a, for, for a long time and then you walked away for whatever reason, some, some circumstantial thing. And you say, man, I, I can remember when I, when I decided to come back to him. I didn't have to go that far because he was right there in the middle of my mess. Maybe you're here today and you feel lost right now. Let me tell you this right now. I truly believe that part of Jesus's pursuit for you led you here today. I, I, I believe it because the scripture says, I, I draw people to me, but not only do I, am I drawing people to me, I meet them halfway because I'm pursuing them as well. He's pursuing you right now in this place. Let me say this. Let him find you. Let him find you. Stop running. You're in this room today. Scripture says that he is here. When we gather together, his spirit is here. And where his spirit is, there's freedom from your pain and your addiction and your hurt and your hangups. Let him find you today. He's the, he's the good shepherd who pursues his sheep. And here's the third one, and the band can come back. And that is... The good shepherd, this is huge, protects his sheep. He protects his sheep. He purchases them. He pursues them. He protects them. And in John 10, verse 10, Scripture says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. You say, preacher, if that's the case, why on earth could the good shepherd justify leaving the 99 to go after that one dumb one? I've read that story so many times and I've, I've actually wondered why Jesus would be so careless, <laughs> like so reckless, so thoughtless towards the 99 faithful ones, the, 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 the good ones, the ones that were behaving well to go after the one dumb one. Look at this passage of scripture. John 10, 27 through 30. Now, now, now get this. Some, someone in this room needs to hear this today. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Aren't you grateful for that today? No one. Verse 29 says this, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Verse 30, I am, I and the father are one. My sheep listen to my voice, meaning not only can they hear me, but they're living out my instruction. 
Uh, we talked about this uh, several weeks ago. It's not just hearing it, it's actually doing it as well. Don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just hear his instruction. Don't just read the red letters and say, oh, oh man, I got all the, I'm tingly now. Ah, feels good. Ah. And then go back to Monday to doing it your way. You can do that, but man, <laughs> leaves you high and dry, doesn't it? So, so Jesus is saying, my sheep hear me, but then they respond as doers. Yes, I'm physically protecting them, but I'm also teaching them the power of numbers. Listen, somebody in here, you need to hear this today. There is a thief out there. There is an enemy out there. There, there is a wolf that Jesus promises is coming after you. He's coming for you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants you to get addicted once again to that chemical substance. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill you. And the first way he does this is by getting you isolated. This is his number one tactic. If I can remove just one from the 99, woohoo, game on. Here, listen, here's why Jesus is confident leaving the 99 for the one. Because he, he knows, he knows that the rate of safety goes up when that group of 99 bear down and stick together, back to back. Remember that movie 300? Yeah. <laughs> you love that movie? Yeah. Three. Remember how those, remember how those, uh, the, 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 those warriors would fight? They would just, they would literally, one had that back and they would fight like this so, so the enemy couldn't get their back. It's the same thing. With that 99, Jesus knows that if the 99 stick together, they go back to back, they hunker down together, it's going to be that much harder for the wolf to get into that pack. But here's the thing, the wolf knows that too. So what does he do? He does whatever it takes to just get one or two away from the 99, and then it's open season. And I have seen this happen so many times in the local church. It's happened at this church. It's happened at other churches that I've served in. It happens at every church in the world. And that is someone is full on in community, in their small group, serving along, fighting along the other sheep. But then, you know, what did I say? Sheep are dumb, right? How many know every once in a while, sheep do things to hurt other sheep? They say things. And, and, and in that offense, what takes place is that person doesn't deal with it. And what do they do? Bitterness sets in. 
And the next step of bitterness is resentment. And in that process of bitterness and resentment, this word starts to take place, and that is isolation happens. And they remove themselves from their local church or their small group. And then we say, hey, what happened to Brad? I haven't seen Brad in like four weeks. Where is he? Oh, I don't know. Well, who's this, who's this small group facilitator? Well, I, I'll check that out. And we make the phone. Yeah, you know, Brad got mad about something and we tried talking. He's just, you know. And then you find out six months later, Brad's all hung up on something and he's hurting. He isolated himself. And the enemy, this is how the enemy responds. He just, he just attacks. We become sitting ducks. And so my encouragement today, do life with other dumb sheep. I'm just saying it. And let me just say this right now. I, I'm the leader of the dumb sheep, okay? I'm the dumbest one at times. How many, how many of you know we're, we're all broken? We're human. And we will, we will never be fully restored until we spend eternity with him. We're, we're human. We're, we, we make mistakes. We say, we say mean things at times. We, we offend. Sometimes even we, we don't even know. I, I've had times in my life where like someone wouldn't talk to me anymore. I was like, I sat down. I was like, what's going on, man? What did I do? Well, you said this, and I didn't even, I didn't even, I'm sorry, you know, but, 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 but six weeks went by, bitterness set in, he was just mad, he, you know, six weeks of just resentment towards somebody, it's just, it's like cancer, it just festers, right, and the enemy just sets in, boom, boom, boom. Jesus, the good shepherd, he protects his sheep, and one way he does that is by encouraging his sheep to stick together. Stick together. What does that look like, Jeff? It's, it's this right here. But it's not just this. It's, it, this is part of it. It's, it's being intentional with getting together with other sheep, other Jesus followers. Get into small, we have all kinds of phenomenal small groups that you can jump in at any time. No one's going, well, we started four weeks ago. You can't, you don't really know. We got this study going on and you're going to, no, just right in. You can jump right in at any time. Get into community. Get in the 99. There's going to be one that strays at time to time and our good shepherd is going to have to go after him or her. That's just the reality. The, the, the good shepherd is going to have to, and at time, so we, we got to stick together so that he can pull them back in. So I encourage you today. The good shepherd, he purchases his sheep. He pursues them and he protects them. Would you bow your heads across this auditorium? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.